Mandy, you made this? What is going on, all of you sexy, scrumptious, delicious ass listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all the basketball, even in the offseason. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, EJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's good? What up? Shameless plug to follow us on social media, the Dagger Podcast, to interact with us, keep up to date with everything we got going on. I mean, I say even in the off season, I mean, we mostly talk about NBA news. And what time of year has more NBA news than this time of year, right? I mean, every 10 seconds, whoa, just firing something off. <laughs> NBA news for days. We're going to try and cover as much as we can. NBA draft in the books. Going to talk about the draft, our reactions to the draft. They have free agency hitting us like a ton of bricks. Lots of surprises, lots of non-surprises. We'll talk about free agency. Moves being made, more moves to come. So we'll talk about all of that today. But first, you guys already know how it works. We got some awards to give out. Hooper of the Week, Good Hustle Award. Dion, take it away with your Hooper of the Week. All right, so my Hooper of the Week comes from the NBA Championship team by a player that is not there anymore and that secured one of the biggest all-time bags that I've ever seen, and that is Brucey B, securing 20 two and a half mil a year in Indiana after winning the championship endeavor. I don't understand what is going on in this league right now, but props to him for securing the bag. He does not deserve 22 mil a year. I don't know what drugs the Pacers were on. I don't know how Rick Carlisle approved of this, but this is not a good hustle This for the Indiana Pacers. This is a good hooper uh, for Brucey e. B. That's crazy. Is, is that a lot of money? Shit. <laughs> feels little. like a lot of money. <laughs> feels like a lot of money. Feels feels like a lot of money. Isn't that what Jalen Brunson's making about that? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Wild. That's, <laughs> That's wild. what I'm saying. Like it, 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 he secured the bag. Yeah, a little, oh. little bit. Get on you. Get on you. I mean, you have one really good postseason stretch. That's all you need. Absolutely paid. All you need. Off the bench, bro. Off the bench. We paid $20 million for a bench player. What the fuck? He's not a bench player anymore. I can tell you that. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. Dude was making like six mil before this. Well, I'd love to see that. Yeah. DJ, take it away with your Hooper of the Week. So Hooper of the week for me has got to go to the team who knocked it out the park the first two days of free agency, the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Rob Palenka, I think uh, everyone owes him an apology. My man re- resurrected the Lakers midway through the season, and then I think what Friday and Saturday he ripped it all off. Like he said, I think he re-signed everybody. I think they only lost uh, Schroeder and Mo Bamba, but they signed Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, Jackson Hayes. Gabe Vincent, then they got all their young guns back. So Rob Palenka, and they they're still under the cap too, so they didn't even like have to go into the tax to do any of this. So 
got to give it to the Lakers for running it back and not doing anything too crazy, but making yeah. great moves. Great moves for sure. That's what winning organizations do. Yeah. I love the Gabe Vincent move, honestly, as a backup coming off the bench. Yeah. You said we all owe Rob Polinka an apology. I don't owe Rob Polinka shit. I was out here defending Rob Polinka when all of you guys, my Dustin, art, if you're listening to this, Dustin especially, ass. was ripping Rob Polinka a new one. And I said, I mean, I crit- gave him some criticism, but I was saying it was less his fault. So I don't know Rob Polinka anything. I was out here defending Rob Polinka. Oh, shut it. Oh. <laughs> you were defending <you> <laughs> him. After the trades this year. <laughs> Before that, you were ripping them apart, too. I don't even want to hear it. No, no, don't remember that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have two Hoopers of the week. Um, first one goes to the GOAT. No, not MJ, not LeBron. The greatest to ever do it, Mike George. Who is Mike George, you ask? Mike George is the greatest finesser of all time. Somehow, Mike George convinced the Houston Rockets, an NBA organization, mind you, that Dylan Brooks is worth $80 million and should commit to him for four years. How? Talk about selling ice to an Eskimo. How? Hmm. I, I, I don't know. This man is the all-time greatest finesser. I mean, his, his cut of that deal should be like 60%. He should get more than Dylan Brooks At for least. this deal. The fact that he finessed the Rockets for four years and eighty million for Dylan Brooks is an all-time finesse. So, Mike George, if you're a young Hooper, you need this man as your agent. Legend. Gotta have him. The legend. <laughs> Gotta have him. That's a if fact. Dylan Brooks can get eighty million, I promise you can get two hundred and fifty. I guarantee. <laughs> Easy rookie deal. <laughs> Light work. It's Mike George, Hooper of the week. Love it. Um. Hooper of the week as well to the NBA exploring a penalty for flopping. Adam, my guy, please. I need a penalty for flopping. I need it. Like I've never needed anything in my life. I need that more than I need air, more than I need food, more than I need water. I need penalties for flopping. Okay, put them all in jail, especially now that Marcus Smart isn't on my team anymore. Put them all in jail. (laughs) Grant Williams is gone. Hand out penalties like you would not believe. Get all the floppers. But in all seriousness, the the flopping has to stop. It has to stop somewhere. Okay? Kudos to the NBA. I hope they implement this and that they don't listen to the players bitching. Oh, you know, it's just I'm not really flopping. It's just part of the game. Shut up. Needs to be penalties. Shut up. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, am I wrong? Like, I feel like flopping is kind of killing basketball. Ruin the game. I, I mean, I feel like such an old head saying that, but like, it's out of control. And I mean, it's it's everybody. Everybody's doing it, and that's the problem. Is when it's so like when you're penalized for not doing it, that means it's gone too far. Okay, yeah. gotta rein it in. So NBA kudos ahead of the curve, please don't just do this for summer league and forget about it. We need this in the regular season ASAP, please, please. I'm begging you. All right, let's get negative. Give out some good hustle awards. Um, I have three good hustle awards. 
oldie but a goodie, three piece from downtown. Pulling up. Uh, this is an oldie but a goodie. Old news at this point. But Brandon Miller being interviewed for the pre-draft process. When asked who his goat was, he had something interesting to say. Was it LeBron? No. MJ? No. Bill Russell? No. Kareem? No. Who then? Brandon Miller's greatest of all time, the greatest who ever touched the hardwood, Paul George, with his zero titles, zero MVPs, zero defensive players of the year. As far as I know, zero first-team All-NBA selections. Um, What? Is it just because you were compared to Paul George in the pre-draft process? Like, are you, like, trying in a roundabout way to say you're the GOAT? I mean, regardless, that that's just a bad take. It's a bad take. You're supposed to know basketball. And clearly you don't. But we won't dwell on that too much. It's a few weeks old at this point. Um, Second Good Hustle Award. To the biggest dick in the draft. Grady Dick. <laughs> what the hell was that outfit? Grady. Who walks yeah. into the... To the tailor shop and says, give me red sequins. I want my inspiration for my draft day fit to be women's shoes from a 1940s movie. (laughs) I get it. You're from Kansas. Kind of connected in a roundabout way. But like, bro, that was, I think that's worse than the suit shorts from Trey Young. This is an all time bad draft day fit. I think this is the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, this is pretty that up there. Plus the turtleneck? The turtleneck? Yeesh. Not a fan. Not a fan of the draft day fit. So Grady Dick. Got got to get a good hustle award for that. And finally, good good hustle to Daryl Morey. Um, I get it. It's free agency. Lots of just trade deals just flying back and forth, right? Um, you're trying to get the best deal for your team possible. I get it. Nowhere to go. But reported last week that the Sixers were actively shopping Tobias Harris. And Tobias Harris is available. Cavs called. And Daryl Morris said, sure, Tobias Harris is, is available. All it takes to get him is Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and a draft pick. That's that's all we want for Tobias Harris. That's it. To- totally reasonable. One of the best defensive players in the NBA, who's like 26. Probably the future defensive player of the year in Evan Mobley, who's like 21 or 22, for a washed up Tobias Harris. Oh, and a draft pick. Don't let me forget a draft pick. Yeah. Don't get, don't what are that. you talking about, Jared Allen and... Here, all it's going to cost you for a below average scorer, way below average a defender, entire front is court. the best is the best defensive front court in basketball. That's all it's going to take. <laughs> oh, by the way, they haven't even hit their prime yet, but that's all it's going to take. No, no problem. Seems fair. Seems fair. What? what? <laughs> okay, that trade would not go through in two K. I guarantee you. <laughs> Daryl Morey, delusional. That's why. Tobias Harris is still a 76er. <laughs> Absolutely ludicrous what you're asking for Tobias Harris. He's he's not good. Did you watch the Celtics series? Not not good. Nope. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> you could give the Celtics Tobias Harris for free, and I would not be excited at all. <laughs> Tough. Yeah. Tough. That's, that's honestly. If I was the Cavs, I would hang up the phone. Click. <laughs> you want what? You want what, bro? No, no shot. No Daryl Morey. Not not a not a dealer, apparently. BJ. Who's who's hustling? Man, uh, as alluded to, the uh, Houston Rockets come on down. Um, <laughs> so it was rumored around Christmas time, James Harden might be coming to the Rockets. Like, oh, run it back. Uh, visit those nice gentlemen's clubs there in Houston. Um, <laughs> then we – oh, Brooke Lopez. We might get Brooke Lopez in free agency. But then when you wipe your eyes, wait a second – you got Fred Van Vliet for $42 million per year, and then you got wow. Dylan Brooks for 20 smackers a year. <laughs> uh, last seen on the court, Dylan Brooks was getting bullied by a, an old senior citizen man in LeBron James, and the Grizzlies said that in no circumstances were they going to bring this man back to the team. What does he do? Walk into an $80 million contract. Um which is 10 times the amount of Russell Westbrook's contract, which if that makes any sense to anyone – I don't understand. Um, so Houston Rockets, it's nice to have money to spend, but you don't want to spend it where you shouldn't. Um, I don't know if Dylan Brooks is the move. I don't I don't know if Dylan Brooks is the guy for 80 million a year. Jesus. Sounds like you could have spent a little more wisely than that. 100%. Yeah. That th- this is exactly why when everyone freaks out about cap space, like, oh, this team has a ton of cap space. So just means they're gonna overspend. Like yeah, you, like, you still have to make the right moves. Eighty million though is insane. Eighty million is absolutely That's mental for him though. Twenty million for Dylan Brooks. Like what? Why? What? Is, what does he bring? Like he doesn't. He plays defense, but he doesn't play like that good of a defense. And he is not a scorer. So what the fuck? What justifies twenty million dollars for a player that's not gonna start? I promise you, he's not gonna start on that team. Even so, worse than that. Bringing Dylan Brooks to a team that has had maturity issues and needs a better culture. What are you you thinking? Exactly. Look at what Memphis has had to do to cleanse themselves of Dylan Brooks. They're bringing in every single veteran with a sterling reputation they can find. Yeah. Marcus Smart, actual dog. Go get him. Derek Rose, the goat of great attitudes. Bring him in. There's some others I'm thinking. Of. Didn't they sign Jeff Green? I think. Like, yeah, they got Uncle Jeff. Yeah, like every veteran with a good reputation, come on down. We need to purge Dylan Brooks like a evil spirit. They're trying to bring in an exorcism <laughs> to get rid of the spirit of Dylan Brooks. And for a team that has had locker room issues, you're going to sign him and overpay him. I'm sure this is going to go well. Ime Yudoka is going to get into a fight with Dylan Brooks the first practice. I'm calling it. He's going to knock Brooks, Dylan Brooks out. He's going to smoke knock him. his ass out. First thing Ime he Yudoka says. doesn't play that shit. We said what? Nah. <laughs> yeah, not not a great free agency for the for the for the Rockets. I mean, Fred Van Vliet's a good signing, but for 42 million, I, that's I don't know. That's 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 doesn't that. That that's a lot. I don't get it. Like I'm he's a saying, great defender. He, he's hard, a good but... player. He's a good player. Yeah. Forty-two. Oh, don't million? get us wrong. He's a great player. Thirty thirty-two million, maybe, maybe. The, yeah, this is not Fred Van Vliet slander. This is that con that contract slander. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But not not optimistic for the Rockets. Um Dion, take us home. All right. Um I know we're gonna talk about the draft next, but there is just like some teams that I don't know what they were thinking. Just overall strategy wise or just player picks. I'm just gonna just throw out a few. Um Detroit. I don't know what's going on there. Why would they draft Alsar? He's not good. Uh Charlotte. I understand. <laughs> I understand you draft for fit. I, I, I get it. I get it. You draft Brandon Miller for fit. But if you if you look at the rest of the draft, they drafted only guards. What the fuck? If you needed a guard, you get scoot, you fucking idiots. And then Orlando <laughs> Magic. Oh my why, god. Why? Why did they draft Anthony Black at six? And then they draft another guard, Jet Howard, who's not an NBA player. I don't know how this man entered into the lottery, but let, let alone the first round. I don't understand. His father. Like, Gotta this, be his father. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. They, they say, oh, he's a knockdown shooter. No, he's not. He's not. He's not that good of a three-point shooter. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this draft. I said it. I said it two weeks ago. I didn't like this draft. And I hate it even more now. So, yeah. That that's that's just my my intro to the next segment. Yeah, I'm you sorry. So, you were so blunt. You don't even give a reason. <laughs> Draft also with Thompson. He's not good. He's not <laughs> good, bro. Like he, he, he what, what has he proven, bro? He he's a 20, 20 year old playing with sixteen year olds. Come on, get the fuck out of here. He, how did he get in the top five? It makes no sense. Anthony Black and Jed Howard are basically the same player. I'm not even disagreeing with your analysis. I just think it's hilarious. Oh, it's I was they suck. he's not good. They suck, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what else do I have to say? Jet Howard, he's not an NBA player. He's not, bro. Like, have you ever seen him play? No. Oh he's man, because he's not. He should not be in the lottery. I'll, first. I'll be perfectly honest. I try and do my research. When they called Jet Howard's name, I did not know who that was. Exactly. I'll be I just perfectly honest. Dad. I was like, Jawan Howard's son is in the. I, yeah, I, I didn't know he was Jawan Howard's son, son either. I didn't even know he had a son in Michigan, let alone two. But here we are. He is not good. But hey. Dion with the perfect transition. Because let's talk okay. about the draft. I just couldn't hold it in any longer, bro. I've been waiting for this for two weeks. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Um, but let's let's start at the top. Victor Wambanyana, to the surprise of no one, officially first overall, officially um on the Spurs. And Dion. With with Wembyana officially on the Spurs, what are your expectations for his his or his rookie year? I've heard everything from he's going to be an All Star to he's a bust to everything in between. What um, what do you think? What what should our expectations be for Wembyana's rookie season? My expectations for his rookie season, I don't want to put too many expectations on on this kid, but the main thing, the main thing is for him to stay healthy. He has to go all full season staying healthy because if he starts getting hit hurt in the first year, it's going to be a tough ride for the San Antonio Spurs. He's been dealing with multiple injuries already in the past three years. I think he, I mean, he his his, his fingers are like a mile long, so like he gets broken fingers a lot. He has he has a micro fracture on his shin, in, on his shin, and then he has shoulder problems. So if he can stay healthy, his, his ceiling is rookie of the year, of course. 
Uh, but as far as expectation go, I just want him to see healthy. I just want to see him on the floor, honestly, because I want I want to see what he's about. Let, let's take health out of the equation. Let's assume that he is mostly healthy, that he plays fifty five to sixty games. Oh, let's let's even say sixty five, sixty to sixty five games. What do you think his rookie season looks like if he stays on the floor for most of the season? He'll be battling it out with Scoot for a rookie of the year. I think he he's probably going to take it if he stays healthy the whole way. Um, I think he's not going to catapult the Spurs into the playoffs by any means because that team is way beyond him uh, To in order for them to be in the playoffs. They might make the play-in. I don't know. Uh, but it, he, he he's going to develop a lot this summer, and I think that – if they fight for the playing spot, that would be really good for the Spurs, and I think he might win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think if he's healthy, I think he easily wins Rookie of the Year. Um, he's, coming easily, in, he, yeah. he's coming into the best situation. Um, the equation could change if Lillard's not on the Blazers anymore. If Lillard is still on the Blazers, Scoot kind of has a difficult path. But you well, know, the team is already being built around Wemby, and so if he's healthy, he has the best situation and the easiest path for rookie of the year, you know, already. But in terms I was, of I like was operating I was operating on the assumption that Dane was not in Yeah, that's um, fair. You know, that could change the equation for Scoot. Um if the Scoot if Dame is not in Portland, he's gonna be in the conversation for sure. Right, right. However, yeah, I, I think if he's healthy even with Dame out of Portland, I I, I think he runs away with it. I'm um, not so sure. I'm not so sure about that one. And I actually think the fact that he is not going to be a center, he's already said that he's going to play a four or even a three, I think is actually doing himself a huge disservice. If that's, if that's true with everyone cooling down, including myself, everyone cooling down on cat, if he's healthy, there's a pretty good chance. He's already the second best center in the West. Like in the West, who's who would be better than him? Just because there's not that many good centers, like Gobert, no, Aiton, no shot, Cat, maybe, but like That's it depends on it. depends on his mood. And so, like, just because of that, he could easily be an All Star or even make an All NBA team, just because there aren't that many good centers. But you know, if he's not going to play center, then all of a sudden it becomes a lot more tricky for him to be an all-star, for him to make an all-NBA team and make all kinds of history as a rookie, like people are saying. And so if he's not a center, that makes that makes it a lot more difficult. So for no other reason than he should claim to be a center just for that reason. Like, and, and he is really, I, I do think he is really good, but also there's not very many good centers in the NBA. So he, he should not, he, 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 He's not going to be a good small forward. I can tell you that right now. If he's play, if we play small small forward, I mean he has the skills, but like you're the seven NBA foot not gonna five. Let people like, dribble, like it's not gonna let a seven foot five dude dribble in front of them, bro. It's just not gonna happen. Like maybe, but the ball, the ball, the time that the ball is traveling between the his hand and the floor, bro, is like it's so there's at least so much room for a, a shorter guy to go in there and take the ball. It's just not it's not gonna be the way he was playing in France. That's right. right. I, think I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, but you know, you can be a three and not have to dribble that much. You know, well, with the way he plays, he dribbles a lot. Re- regardless, I think it's interesting that he's not going to be a center, and I actually think that hurts his chances of being an all star or being all NBA. 
Um, VJ, what are your expectations for Wimby's rookie season? Uh, I expect him to be really good just for the simple fact of we never kind of really seen anything like this. Um, I think he has a strong chance to be rookie of the year, but I do think there's going to be a learning curve um, just because, like, you're not going to be able to dribble that easily as you did, like, especially with NBA defenders who are a little bit quicker and athletic. And then I feel like the the one-legged fadeaways and that kind of stuff, I don't know if he'll be able to get that shot off like consistently, like, cause I think guys are going to, as soon as he passes half court, they're going to be physical with him. So he's going to have to adjust to that. And then I think obviously thin guys who are taller, every time they get to the NBA, if you look at Chet, uh, Chris Stapps, Bobo, some of the guys who have that kind of size, like NBA strength, like grown man strength, they always struggle with it the first couple times. So I think he'll just, he'll struggle a little bit, but I think he'll still like, be very dominant for the Spurs, which I hope he plays center because if he plays center, his matchup is barbecue chicken pretty much outside of Jokic every night. So, because as a three man, he's not guarding, <laughs> he's not being able to stay with like a Tatum or a PG Ka- Kawhi. He's not staying with some of the best wings. So, he's better off playing center though, which I hope he 100%. does. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Okay. Now to the unscripted part of the draft. Oh, let's go. Because we all know who is going to be number one. Um, Let's talk about the biggest reaches of the draft. We're going to start with negativity um, because this is our favorite part. And I feel like we've had some pretty good takes in this segment in the past. Um, Hello, Patrick Williams. Um, (laughs) Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, yes. Scotty Barnes had us in the first half. He had us. He had, he had us for a while. He had us for a while. He almost but had us. He came, he came back home. Mentality. But the dagger like, never I... forgets. Rookie year <laughs> was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Damn, is that Kawhi? Kawhi Barnes. <laughs> the fall. And then his sophomore was... year came, and no, no, it is not. No, we were right. <laughs> Confirmed, <laughs> not him. <laughs> not not him. All right, let's talk about the biggest reaches of the draft. VGA. Give me, give me a reach from the draft. Can I give you four? Let's start with one. Damn it. All right. <laughs> um, so Dion already took mine, so I'm going to pivot a little bit. Uh, we kind of talked about this guy already. Well, pile, pile on, brother. Pile on. Who, who was it? No, no, no. Was I, it? I'm going to switch it up. Grady okay. Dick at 13. Um, I did I – he was good at Kansas, but I don't see, like, lottery draft level – um, uh, the, the red jacket alone probably would have made me pass on him, um, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. But I, I just don't see his game translating very well to the NBA level, especially as a freshman after Kansas. Um, he shot 40% from three, but like NBA, like he's not going to be able to defend NBA guys. I don't know what else he does well outside of shoot, but I think Grady Dick at 13 was pretty high. Well, it's a different kind of shooting, too. It's only spot-up shooting. I don't think he'll be able to create his own shot at the next level, too. Oh, absolutely not. I don't I don't think 13 is atrocious, but I just think Grady Dick in general is overrated. I saw some mock drafts high, have him as high as, like, 7 or 8. That would have been unspeakable, but I, I do think he's overrated. Um, <clears throat> Give me Bilal Koulibaly at Ooh. 7. Yeah, for the Pacers. That's that's Ooh. a pretty big reach reach for me. Like, look, I get it. 
He's shooting up draft boards. He's a pretty good athlete, but like he seems a little too raw for me to be going at seven. I'm not seeing like he has some good physical tools. Really, the only reason he's going at number seven was because he was on the same team as team, as, as Wemby, and so yeah. he got a lot of exposure because of that. And not only was it bad, well, I'll, I'll get to that later, but below Koulibaly at seven is is not good. I mean, it could prove me wrong, but like the Pacers also don't have the best track record at developing raw talent, too, so I, I think that's a reach for them. Um. Dion. I mean, I kind of gave all of mine <laughs> earlier <laughs> uh, accidentally. Uh, <laughs> but um, I can give you another one. I I don't know if Case and Wallace is going to be a great talent in this league. Yeah, Good enough sure. to be in the top 10. I'm, I'm absolutely first round pick. You take that chance. But honestly, I don't think it will work out for for whoever whoever got him after Dallas. I think OKC picked him up from Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Um, for him, so, <laughs> yeah, good, good luck with that one. I think that was a bit of a reach. And then the other ones that I said earlier, Jet Black, <laughs> Jet Black, Jet Howard, Anthony Black, and Sar Toms. Good nickname. That's kind him. of a sick duo name, though, Jet Black. Jet Black, right? Jet Black. I like <laughs> that. that. Hey. I like that. That was absolutely absolute accident. Oh. I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, like I like that. Um, I'll give you another one because that that I'll pile on. I do not get Jet Howard going at eleven. I don't. Seriously, I don't understand. Like, I'm not even a big Grady Dick fan, but the Magic clearly made this pick, and their biggest need has been consistent three point shooting. And you solve that. Like, I get Anthony Black to an extent. He has a lot of talent. You know, you go best available there. I'm fine with it. Like it's not like a slam dunk, but I'm okay with Anthony Black at six. But Jed Howard makes no sense at eleven. You're trying to tell me if you you need shooting, and you left Grady Dick and Jordan Hawkins on the board to go get Jed Howard, huh? This is your shooter. Did you watch college basketball last year? I I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Technically, like his strength helps match your biggest need but there are still players on the board who are so much better at that at 11 so So much better than jed howard i don't get it i don't get it bj give me give me a couple i mean jed howard was also the one i had i think kind of we all might have had the same idea because i also had wimby's teammate Bilal as well going to the wizards i i thought that was a little bit high um but yeah, I, I'm right there. I don't understand why the Magic would draft another wing player as well. I, I don't get that. Um, seems like they might need consistent guards more than anything. So to draft a wing um, just doesn't make sense to me. Now, what you could have grabbed was Jordan Hawkins if you needed shooting. I, I'm just saying. But Don't get me yeah, started I'm on Jordan Hawkins. I'm with you guys. You'll be here all night if you start me on on, on Jordan <laughs> Hawkins. Dion, give give me another reach if you have one. I have one in the second round, actually. I don't think this in guy the second be. round. Bro, I got you, bro. I got you. I got you with the insights, bro. I got you with the insights, bro. Dude, the first pick, first pick of the second round, bro. James Najee from Barcelona. Imagine having Jalen Durant and take off all the skill. 
That's what you could do. That's what you just drafted, bro. How is this dude in the draft? He could have easily went undrafted. Nobody would have touched him. And also, why would why, why would Charlotte go for this guy when you have five hundred centers? Well, it it just makes absolutely no sense. That's the biggest reach of bro. they draft a center every year. I think, bro. Right? Every year, every season year. They draft a center, bro. There's so so much is wrong with the Charlotte Hornets. I I don't even know where to begin, bro. Yeah, where where do you begin? Oh man, yeah, those those were really the only two reaches I had was yes. Bilal Kulabali and Jed Howard. So let's let's get into a little bit of positivity. Um, let's talk about the best team player fits and who we think fits well where they got drafted. Um, BJ, what's what's the best player team fit that you see? Um, honestly, again, I have four, but I'll start with one. Uh, I think Jaime Hakez Jr. in Miami is going to be a terrific fit. He stayed at UCLA all four years. He just knows how to play basketball, and I I can see him like making an impact right away. Hard worker, knocks down shots, rebounds, passes the ball. He definitely could fit a need for the Miami Heat. Um, would need on the wing there. Yeah, you absolutely stole my first one, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> Jaime Jaquez is going to be putty in the hands of the master. That is Eric Spolstra. Mm-hmm. Um, smart player, mature player, absolutely fits what tough player. Shows a lot of toughness yeah. and heart. That's exactly, but not the most talented, right? Doesn't have the highest ceiling, doesn't have the athleticism or the dazzling shot creation. That that works just fine in Miami. Give us maturity, give us work ethic, and we can produce no, good basketball players. Yeah, we don't need to produce all-stars. We'll continue to produce really solid players. And Jaime Aquez seems like a shoe-in for that. Only problem is he's not undrafted. But so he has that going yeah. against him in Miami. <laughs> He's but, <too> good already. <laughs> regardless, match made in heaven. I had a lot of doubts about Jaime Jaquez as a pro just because I, I don't think his ceiling is that high. All those doubts have gone away with him in Miami. I think he's, they're going to turn him into a really, really solid NBA player. Um, Dion, you already know who it is, bro. Talk, the talk only move, the only move. That I appreciated from this whole Dallas Mavericks offseason. Derek Lively, the second. He was on my list too. Oh my God. I I can't believe we actually drafted this dude. I mean, drafted in quotation marks because we traded him for Jason Wallace. But, uh, bro, this is exactly what we needed a rim protector that can play defense. He can shoot too. He can shoot. He can space the floor on offense. That's exactly what the Dallas Mavericks needed. I know we we tried it with Christian Wood. It didn't work, but I think Derek Lively is going to be better for us than Christian Wood because he actually plays defense. So that is my biggest, my best fit for the for this draft. Absolutely, I do like the um, the Lively pick. Although the Mavericks messed up trading trading Prosper to the Kings, I think they're going to regret that. No, 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 no. That's the opposite, bro. No, they traded. They, they give they give them to us. Omax is on the Mavs. Omax is with us. It it says the the Kings the, the Kings drafted him, but he got traded to the to the Mavs. Oh, okay. 
Nice try, though. Then you, then you are correct. Nice try, though. <laughs> Taking him I, away from. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was the opposite. <laughs> I thought they traded him away. I was like, no, I, I, that. I love that rookie too. duo of Pro- Omax and Lively. Bro, I think that's that's perfect, bro. That's so much yeah. defense, bro. I'm so happy. I could not be happier. I think that's a sick front court duo. I love, yeah. I have both of those guys, too. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll give you a fit that I really like. Um, I still I stand by everything I said. I still think he's overrated. I don't think he's that great, but I do like Grady Dick falling to Toronto. I think that's a good fit for him. I think nice. that's exactly what they need. I think he'll have a nice role in there. I don't think they'll ask him to do too much as the team is currently constructed. It, it's in a good place of they still have the depth and the star power to where they won't ask too much of him, but there's still a role there for him. Wait, 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 wait. So, Who's a star power there? Honestly, Siakam and he ain't no uh, star, bro. It's the star bus. I, I use the term relatively. Calm down. Okay. Um, he's still a twenty-four point per game player. Like o- OG and Pascal Siakam, like very solid players. To where Grady Dick isn't expected to be the savior, and they're expected, you know, they win and lose games on him, but. Um, yeah, there's they're still a carved out role for him, and I think they'll win some games, but there's still a good role for him. I, I just I think he landed in a good spot, even though I still don't think he's that great. But, um, Dion, give me a fit that you like, or no, VJ, give me give me a fit that you like. Oh, the Jordan Hawkins in New Orleans, I love. Stole my other one. I think. Mm-hmm. If if Zion is gonna be in New Orleans as we think, and you get in CJ and like Brandon Ingram, Jordan Hawkins is gonna have so many wide open looks. And the Pelicans need more offense, and he can definitely do that. Like he was a steal to drop that low. That's a fact. That's facts. That that yeah, was the other one. One hundred percent. Like I, I understand that he didn't wow at the combine. I understand he's a little bit lean and not the best athlete, but my gut tells me Jordan Hawkins can play. Oh. There's always sure. guards down the board sure. where everyone's like, how did he fall? Like CJ McCollum, mm-hmm. Steph Curry, like guys that could just absolutely hoop, but didn't jump off the board with their athleticism and stuff. And my gut tells me Jordan Hawkins can hoop. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the my to me, he's one of the best skilled players in this draft because there's the rest is athletes. Honestly, like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I said it last week. He's the best shooter in this draft. I don't oh, care. Easily, easily. Mm-hmm. You're talking about NBA shots. Like, yeah, Grady Dick can probably knock down more than him in practice. But NBA shots, tough shots. You need a bucket at the end of the game. That's where Jordan Hawkins is going to thrive. I keep talking about my gut. My eyeballs tell me he can play. So nice. I. Love Jordan Hawkins. I think he's special. I really do. He could have fit so good in Utah. Honestly, I don't know what Utah was thinking. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Lakers should have took him too. At yeah. 17. Yep. They wish they was still there at seventeen. <laughs> um, I'll give you another one that I like, and I can't even pronounce his name probably correctly. I like Brandon. Was it Poten? But us? Yes, me. Oh, mm-hmm. I love Warriors. that kid. Love him. He he's a dog. From Wisconsin yeah. dog. too. Is he actually? I didn't know that. Yeah, he should. Yep, he should play a lifetime. Smooth, oh, shit. smooth game. Yeah, 
I mean, talk about a perfect fit for the Warriors. Another guy who can, you know, go get a bucket is a great shooter and has nice intangibles. I think Steve Kerr will turn him into a great pro. Oh, bro. I was watching the first summer league game. He was handing out dimes like crazy. His core vision is insane. The only reason why he didn't have 20 assists that night is because his teammates are trash. (laughs) (laughs) He he has a great feel for the game. Great feel. Great core vision. Great feel. Mm -hmm. I like him in Golden State a lot. Mm -hmm. Especially in the team. Yeah. That was going to be my next one, so you got all of them. Okay. Uh, VJ, you have any more? Nope. Took all of mine. Covered them. You took all of mine. I will not hear that. Oh, don't, be, <laughs> don't be salty. Don't be salty. <laughs> so then let's get negative again. What are some fits that we are not a fan of? What prospects did we think like, okay, when you go, you're going there, not not great. Wait, didn't we already do this? No, we're doing the worst fits, not the biggest reaches. Oh, uh, fair. Um, and I'll start. I because I know this is stealing at least two from Dion, but I think both Amen and Asor Thompson did not land in good spots. Yes, um, I I still stand by what I said. I think Amen especially is a good player. I think Asor is actually a pretty good player too, but I don't think they're in yeah. good situations. Like you look at my, they both land on teams in the Rockets and the Pacers that each of their last two lottery picks have been guards. So they're both coming off the bench. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, yes, you go best available there. But a man especially is best when he has the ball in his hands, when he is running the floor, when he is running the show, right? And you go into a situation where um, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green have been fighting over the ball for an entire, you know, two entire seasons. And it's like, you know, also whispers about James Harden didn't end up coming to to be, but now you have Fred Van Vliet there as well. Like, where is he going to fit into that? That's a lot of mouths to feed. That's a lot of he's he's not running the show, and he's not going to be a two a, a good two guard. Same in Detroit of a, a sore, a little bit more of a wing, um, really good defender, but still like he's best. When you let him create, and you have Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey blocking him from doing that, so it it doesn't like I don't think he's a true three either. So where where does he fit in? It I don't know. Like I get best available, they definitely have the most upside in that spot, but I I don't like the fit for either of them. Dion care to pile on? I know I know you would like to. Well, you know, you know, you know my thoughts. I said, I said on the other day, the other episode. I mean, despite the fact that I don't know how they ended up in the lottery, like you said, who who is going to get bounced from the lineup for a man Thompson out of Fred VanVleet and Jalen Green? Neither. They've both been in the league. They both got experience, and Fred VanVleet actually plays defense. Uh, Asar Thompson. Who's he? Who's he gonna? Who's he gonna bounce out uh, out of uh, Cade Cunningham and and Jaden Ivey? Like I don't know what these these GM be thinking sometimes. That like, are they gonna try to turn All Stars into a three? I don't think so. He he doesn't have the capabilities. So that that's that's just what I, I don't Better need to not talk be more my about Jaden Ivey. You know what I'm saying? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? my king. 
I mean, we can we can disagree about you know the Thompson twins as prospects, Dion. We have, but I think we can both agree that they their potential is best realized if you give them the ball and let them cook, right? I I think we can probably all agree on that. Of like whatever their potential is is going to be wasted on the bench. I I think they need minutes in order to develop. They're very raw prospects, and so I don't think watching is going to do them a lot of good. Mm-hmm. They're damn near thirty already, so like I don't know what potential. You <laughs> <possibly>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, to- the Thompson <laughs> twin slander never stops from. <laughs> oh man, uh, VJ, you want to pile on the Thompson twins? Uh, I won't pile on, but those are were literally my exact first two guys who are in the worst possible fits, I think. But then I have two more. Um, we talked a little bit about this guy. I think Casey Wallace and OKC is a horrible fit for him. Um, you're gonna be behind Shea Gilgis, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, Trey Mann. Like, there's just so much guard play in OKC. I don't think. Case and Wallace will really have a chance to develop there, at least in the meantime, because he's behind so many guys. And then secondly, this is a little controversial, but I don't necessarily love Scoot Henderson in Portland. Um, they have so many that guards. That was going to be my next already. one, bro. Stop. Get out of my head, guy. I love okay. it. <laughs> no, no, no. No, for real, I agree, though. Like, they got too many guards already, I feel like, in Portland. Um, and you got an aging star in Dame. You just re-signed um, Inferno Simons last year. Uh, Shaden Sharp is another rookie. Now you possibly want to do a deal to get another guard in the trade for Dame. So it's just like I really think Charlotte uh, missed the boat on this one. And I think uh, LaMelo and Scoot backcourt would have been much more dynamic, but I, I think I just hope Scoot uh, can still be successful, you know, even though it's going to be like hella guards in Portland. Yeah, absolutely. With Dame, I think it's an absolute disaster for Scoot, but even if Dame is gone, I still don't think it's a great situation. If for no other reason, then it's going to be much more difficult for everyone to watch his games since it's so late out on the West Coast and the Blazers are totally irrelevant. Um but just, you know, viewership aside, I I don't like the fit. They have a lot of guards. I don't think his role is clear. I don't we don't know if he's going to be a point guard or a shooting guard. And I don't think he really gets the chance to really try as a point guard in Portland. And so I, I honestly I like, like I like why wouldn't like he's better than 90 percent of the guards that they have there already. And Inferno Simon is a shooting guard. If they try him as a point guard and Dame is gone, he will have all the minutes in the world because Shaden Sharp is a shooting guard as well. Keon Johnson is a shooting guard. All the other ones are mo- mostly shooting guards. So I think I think he he'll he'll carve out some time, some room if Dame is gone. If Dame if Dame is there, absolutely that's the worst fit for sure. I'm I'm operating under the assumption that because of this trade request, Dame is basically gone. Yeah, that's fair. That that definitely could be the case. Um, let's go into what teams we thought had the best and worst draft night. V- VJ, who who had the who had a great draft night in your opinion? Um, well, this is kind of weird because we just talked about them, but um, I think the Rockets getting Cam Whitmore at twenty was a steal. He's a top five talent who just kind of um fell. Absolute like the, steal. 
Yeah, the Rockets getting him. At 20 is absolutely at 20 crazy. 20 is insane. Freaking crazy. Um, and then I think the Mavs hit a home run getting D. Lively and Omax. I think they got exactly what they needed, not to mention – they got Matisse Thibel in free agency. So they have legit NBA defenders now, I feel like. So props to the Mavs for a good draft night. Thanks. Yeah, I also have the Rockets. Um, I think Amen Thompson was best available at four. Um, and then getting Cam Whitmore at 20 is an absolute steal. I People were saying, you know, the rumor on draft night was that he didn't have very good interviews. Interviews are no interviews. Like, he has ridiculous upside. Right, and so maybe it's a bad fit for him if he didn't interview well and he lands in a kind of a toxic spot, but regardless. He literally uh, Jalen Brown Jr. right almost. Hey, talk to me. That's what I'm saying. Um, really good player. So obviously I think they hit a home run and but it didn't require a lot of, you know, brain power on their part. I also like what the Wizards did. It was kind of subtle. But um, they moved back from seven to eight um, and got some draft capital from the Pacers for trading back one spot. And they still got their guy in Jairus Walker. Um, really subtle move by the Wizards, but I think that was a good move by them. The too. Wizards don't have Jairus Walker, bro. They do have Jairus Walker. That's they traded him, trade him for Bilal. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. If they traded, they picked Bilal for the Wizards or for the Pacers, no. and then they swapped. Bilal is in the Washington Wizards right now. No, he's not. Yes, he is, bro. Jairus Walker is with the Pacers. Like, Jairus Walker is with the Pacers. Washington, they like flip flopped. Hold on. <clears throat> <laughs> this boy is so confused. <laughs> I'll send you the picture right now. Well, I just saw a Pacers. Like on my Instagram thing. <laughs> Damn it! Never mind. I uh, thought nope. they made a great move. They did not. Um, <laughs> it's a thought. Back, yeah, it's trading a thought back. <laughs> trading back one pick and taking Bilal. Absolute L. I take it all back. We're <laughs> <laughs> doing losers of the draft. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, Dion. Winner. Winners of the draft. <laughs> I don't have any winners, honestly, other than the the San Antonio Spurs <laughs> and the Portland Trail. Yeah, it's like they all. That's a hot take. Bro, I don't like nobody any drafted like, well. And the, the the Mavs, you you guys already talk, took the Mavs. Uh, I give it to the Spurs, bro. Give it to the Spurs. I, I said I, I gave it to the Spurs. I gave it to <laughs> Portland, and then another one that I really like that we talked about is Miami Heat with uh, Jaime Hikes at eighteen. I think that was a really good pick. Okay. I have a lot um, of like losers, lo- lo- losers of the draft, then Dion. Which, which scene do you want me to go to first, bro? Like, Whichever one comes to mind. First. Out of out of thirty, I think twenty five are all losers. So, I think, I think the Charlotte Hornets are losers. Um, all the guards that he picked after Brandon Miller are trash. Brandon Miller, I I don't know. I I, I get the fit. But I don't I don't know if he would be a better pick than Scoot Henderson. I think they fucked up on that one. Uh the Orlando Magic on the Hornets. I think Nick Smith at 27 is kind of a steal. Bro, would you rather have Nick Smith at 27 or Scoot Henderson at two? If you're going for three guards after after Brandon Miller. All I'm saying, I mean, we there's we a lot of forwards that, that could, is, they, they could have gotten later. We both agree that Scoot Henderson's the second best player in this draft. I'm just saying, Nick Smith at 27, I think, is a pretty good pick. But 
That's fair. You're, but you're all, the, all, the, all the other ones, all the other ones were not that great because they had like 30 picks in this draft. Um, another bad one is the Orlando Magic completely wasted two lottery picks. Detroit Pistons. How do you end up with a fifth pick in the draft and fuck that one up and then go and trade your only other pick? They improved by negative 10% in this draft uh, overall. And then I'll let you guys go for the next one because I don't want to take all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was my biggest loser for sure was the Magic. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Black, like solid player. Um Jed Howard at eleven, I talked about. I don't get, and so to have two player, two picks within the the top eleven, and to walk away with Anthony Black and um, Jed Howard feels like kind of an L to me. I'll be honest; I could be uh, wrong. Um, Anthony Black could prove me wrong. I do like his game, but they already got think, like two starting guards. Yeah, it's yeah. like I don't I don't think he's going to be the difference maker the Magic were hoping for, you know, picking inside the inside the top 6. So, mm-hmm. um VJ, you already went loser of this draft. Uh so my my loser of the draft kind of contradicts what you said earlier TC, and it's not because of the pick itself, it's just because I think the Raptors already have a couple of wings already. Like they got Scotty, they got OG, they got Siakam. So, like, are they going to set Grady Dick up for success there is what I'm wondering. Like, could they have done something different? But I just think the Raptors always pick forwards as well, like the same kind of player every draft. Facts. That's fair. They also have – they still have Gary Trent, right? Yep. yep yeah. Gary. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Grady Dick is Gary Trent 2.0. Um, yeah, I'm with you. All right. I would love to talk about the draft more, but we got to move on. Um, free agency. We got to start with the best team in the NBA, the Boston Celtics. (laughs) This is more or less going in chronological order of moves as they happened. Um, after the Bradley Beal trade Celtics making the next big move, Trading Marcus Smart for Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and two first-round picks. So Marcus Smart ends up in Memphis. Um, the Wizards get some second-round picks. Danilo Gallinari. There was one more player. Um, I don't remember who it was. Celtics get Porzingis and two first-round picks. Um, Dion, what did what did you think of? Well, let's let's get, let's talk about Porzingis first. How do you think Porzingis fits in Boston? Um. Compared to who they gave, okay, just the fit. Um, I think it'll be a good fit for like offense, maybe because he can space the floor and shoot. Uh, I think is a horrible fit for overall for this team. Uh, he's basically all Horford with no defense, so I don't really know what else he can bring to the team to improve the team as a whole. Uh, I don't really like the fit, but. We'll we'll talk more about it. Um, I'm a little bit more optimistic about the fit. I mean, th- to me, this this screams that the Celtics and Brad Stevens are all in on Missoula Ball. They are all in on Missoula Ball. The way he want to run wants to run the offense. Porzingis fits in perfectly. Spaces the floor is pretty much you know between him and Cat, you know the best stretch bigs in the NBA. 
um, you know, can really shoot the three, will open up the paint for the Jays. Um, and I think he does feel a need because the Celtics cannot continue to play 37-year-old Al Horford for the amount of minutes they did last year. Kind Lord is probably never going to play 82 games. And so, like, front court depth was a big priority, and they addressed it. Um, I wouldn't say he can't play defense. He did average, you know, two blocks a game, essentially. He's not bro, a great def- – he's not an elite defender. Five, bro. Of course he's going to get blocks. Like He can't switch. He can't do anything. It was just like Rudy Gobert, bro. Hey, but worse. I, I agree. He's not a good perimeter defender, but you know, with the other bodies that the Celtics have, he might not need to be. Um, and so I'll I'll take shot blocking. Okay, like not only defender, but I'll, I'll, I've I'll, had him. I've had, I've had him on my team for multiple years, bro. You just you just wait. I I love the optimism though. I'm optimistic. Um, I don't think he'll get absolutely cooked either. I could be wrong, but I'll I'll take block shots. It's better than nothing. Like cat can't even do that. So I'll take the block shots. Um, if if nothing else. And so I think he, you know, offensively, I think he's a great fit in Boston. And defensively, hopefully he's not, you know, the you know, weak, weak, you know, link in the chain, but I, I don't think he will be. He's not gonna stand out, but I don't think he's gonna be a, a disaster on defense either. Um that was that was my optimism when he signed with us. BJ, what what do you think of the fit of Porzingis on the Celtics? He he fits exactly what Joe Mazzulla wants to do. Um, he spaces the floor and he stretches the court for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to kind of operate. Um, so I think, like, again, the Celtics are going all in on the offensive side of the ball, kind of abandoning the defensive side. Um, but I, I do worry that just like in Dallas, if Kristaps doesn't touch the ball enough times, he might get disinterested. So I could see like if the Celtics go ISO, he might not be as willing to block shots or he might be passive or he might settle for jump shots too much because that also happened in Dallas. But I I think overall, like the fit's going to be pretty good because I could see a Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tate and Robert Williams and KP lineup, which would be very difficult to deal with. So I think he fits, but his attitude might it depends on how much he touches the ball too though yeah that that's 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 a fair point as well that is a concern um wait, wait i have a sidebar because i just found, found this out did you guys know that the charlotte hornets re-signed miles bridges yeah he got like eight million dollars bro he's on the team now yeah he well, got this, yeah. more games i, I knew that there. he um signed the uh the sheet Making him an unrestricted free agent. I didn't know that he had signed. Bro, why so why why did you draft Brandon Miller, bro? Fair point. Why did you I don't no, know? Isn't isn't Miles Bridge Miles Bridge is more of a four than he's why did old, you, he's like a three four he's, he's a three four like three. I thought he was you more of a four. I think you can play both. Well, because they, they didn't re-sign PJ Washington either. Yeah. Plays who plays the four mostly. So yeah. Honestly, they're just a mess. This yeah. is crazy. Sorry, yeah, I just thought I was just going through the transactions and I didn't know this at all. Yeah, that's absolutely um, wrong. But what does this have to do with the Celtics? Nothing. Back to Nothing. the Celtics. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the bigger question then, VJ, how much will losing Marcus Smart hurt the Celtics' defense and their culture? Do you think the Celtics messed up getting rid of Marcus Smart? 
I actually I think this was a huge loss for the simple fact that like that's the heart and soul of the team in my mind. As much as Marcus might get on some people's nerves with some of the shots he takes and some of the things he does defensively when he's flopping or whatnot, he really does set the tone for them. And I feel like in a way, he was their leader and held everybody accountable. Like a couple seasons ago when they had that historic second half, it was after he called Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown out for being like wanting to shoot too many shots. So I don't know who's going to have that voice now in Boston, but I do feel like Marcus Smart is going to be missed because he was their defensive anchor and kind of their like emotional leader. So it seems like the Celtics are going away from that toughness, and now they're going to be like more of an offensive-minded finesse team. But I definitely think they're going to miss Marcus a lot. Yeah, in terms of will the Celtics miss Marcus, absolutely. Will they miss him too much? That's a better question because I see both sides of it. On one hand, Marcus is 30 now. He takes a lot of punishment. And so who knows how long he'll continue to be effective at what he's really good at. And I do think the Celtics have other voices. I, I've I've seen a lot more leadership from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as of late. They do still have strong veterans like Brogdon and Horford there who are good culture guys. Um. And so there is that part of it. And Marcus Smart drove me absolutely crazy at the end of games sometimes. But I think my feelings toward Marcus Smart are best encapsulated by sharing with you the lyrics of a Taylor Swift song called The Way I Loved You. In this song, Taylor Swift talks about how she's in this perfect relationship. She's with this guy who is... Um, perfect in every way. He's sensitive. He's nice. Her friends like him, um, gets along with her parents well, but that she doesn't want that. She misses the guy from before who would fight and they had this passionate, crazy love and he, she doesn't want perfect. She wants that guy. And that's how I feel about Marcus Smart. He drove me absolutely insane. Okay. He would chuck up shots. He would get the ball in the fourth quarter, and I would scream, no, don't shoot it, please. And he would shoot it, and he would miss. But I didn't want perfection. I wanted Marcus Smart. That was my guy. And so seeing him go is kind of a gut punch to Celtics fans. Like, that's kind of tough. Like, yes, he drove you absolutely crazy, but you loved him anyway. He was, you know, grit, grit, hustle, toughness encapsulated like it's it's hard to see a guy like that go <sighs> but still optimistic for the future Dion, do you think that getting rid of marcus smart was a mistake for the celtics that was absolutely a mistake like he was the one guy that had the motor going every single game for 48 minutes a game he was one guy that would call you out and make you better and you got the exact opposite in return. So if you if you thought Marcus Smart's shots would drive you crazy in the end of the game, just wait, bro. That's you, a fair you point. have the same you have the same thing, but with no with less defense. That's ba- like basically the emotions that you will feel are the same, but w- you don't have the defensive player of the year anymore. So it, it was a big loss in my my opinion for for you guys. That's fair. I think it's I, I think you can sum it up as it's a big risk by Brad Stevens. It's yeah, a big risk. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. And 
time will tell. Like it, the Celtics are just in such a weird spot right now. If they had two great shots at a championship with that core and didn't get it done, so you know, I think pretty much everyone was on the on the fence of do you not blow it up, but do we make big changes and try something different? Do we run it back? And, you know, risk the definition of insanity and just keep throwing the same core at it and hope they figure it out. And clearly he's seen enough because he's, you know, made a big trade and all reports are he's not done. So it, it's a it's a gamble. But, you, you know, I, I do like the championship or bust mentality. I just hope it doesn't backfire because we had pretty good odds of winning, you know, of making the championship and potentially winning it before all of this. And so I just hope that it's, you know, improves through these moves and we're not making change for the sake of change. All right. Um, Shortly after that trade, we have the, the warriors making a big move. Jordan pool, the splash trio, not, not so shipping him off Hmm. to the, to the wizards for CP three. Um, what, what do we think of CP3 in Golden State? Dion, what do you what's what's your reaction to this trade, and what do you think of CP3 in Golden State? My the biggest question I have about this is, how are they going to play this? Are they going to play with Chris Paul, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson all on the floor at once? Because I I generally I'm generally asking because I don't understand this trade at all. Like I get it, he's a good distributor. He he doesn't need to score. Uh, at this point in his career, but his defense is not going to be there, and all all he can bring to the table is is floor, the, being a floor general actually, but also we, there's there's not really room for him on the starting lineup. So I just think it it, it was a weird trade overall. I I didn't I really didn't think this was going to ever happen. Honestly, yeah, my reaction was, um, first of all. This is about as big of an all-in move as you can do. The Warriors got significantly older, and so their championship window is now two years maximum, right? Because then Chris Paul will be done, and then you will have lost Jordan Poole for nothing. Um, And so this is a huge win-now move, but it could pay off, but we'll see. My second thought when I first saw the trade is, oh, this is the Warriors preparing for the departure of Draymond Green. It's like, okay, we need to replace the facilitating of Draymond Green. And so they went and got Chris Paul. And then they re-signed Draymond Green. And now I have a lot of questions of like, so do they plan to bring Chris Paul off the bench? Is he going to be the facilitator? That's what what I'm talking about. When Draymond's not in? Is Draymond no longer going to facilitate and he's just a screen setter? Um, somebody's got to sacrifice a lot. I think they have to bring him off the bench because I don't think a lineup of Chris Paul, Steph Curry, um, Clay Clay Thompson, Wiggins, and Draymond Green is going to stop anybody. That's a defensive disaster. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, I do think Chris Paul, even at this stage, does have value as a distributor, but I don't know if the Warriors were really lacking a lot of that because I don't think he's. I don't know. It's just kind of an odd fit of like, you already have, you know, one of the better distributors who's shown that he can do it within the offense for years. And so I I don't really get the fit. I don't, I don't understand why they didn't go for a big, they have no place like in the, in a league 
you in the conference that you have, you have Nikola Jokic. So if you if you want to go to the finals, you need to have somebody that could remote like remotely come close to stopping him. Right now, their tallest player is six nine. What, what are we thinking? Like yeah. I guess small ball, but this is like to a whole other extreme. Yeah, my my other thought was they did Jordan Poole absolutely dirty. Uh, yeah. they, they built him up. Draymond Green punched him in the mouth. Somehow it got leaked to the media, so everyone saw Jordan Poole's lowest moment. They gave Draymond a slap on the wrist. They forced them to coexist, which I think broke Jordan Poole's confidence. In the second, Jordan Poole didn't play very well. They shipped him off. Dirty. Yeah, they did him dirty. That's that's That's, pretty dirty. They they you know shed his contract at the first opportunity. And don't get me wrong, Jordan Poole did not play very well last year, but I think the way the Warriors handled the whole situation was the reason for that. But I digress. Um, VJ, what was your reaction to this trade, and how do you think CP3 fits in Golden State? Uh, Well, my first reaction is Draymond, the Warriors chose Draymond again. (laughs) He he pissed off, upset a teammate, and they had his back. They lost KD because of it, and now they traded away Poole. But – I really don't understand the Chris Paul element of it simple for the fact that he plays so differently than their typical offense is. He likes to dribble, set up the offense very slowly, and the Warriors like to get out in transition and, like, move the ball around. Steph doesn't really dribble a ton. Draymond doesn't dribble a ton. Clay barely dribbles at all. Chris Paul loves to, like, dribble and set up plays. So I'm like, how does that work for what the Warriors want to do? Um, and then I guess is is Chris Paul going to have more of a facilitating role? Will Curry be playing more shooting guard? Like, I just want to know how it all schematically fits together. Yeah. I'm with that. Um, yeah, just kind of an odd move could work out, but we'll see. Um, who are we, who are we to tell? Yeah. Um, the next domino to fall was after Damian Lillard and the Blazers renewed their vows and, um, both said they were committed to one another. Dame with the 180 demands a trade. And I thought the timing was odd because I don't know if you guys noticed, but it seemed like he announced that pretty much right after the Blazers re-signed Jeremy Grant for a shitload of money. Yeah. So do you blame him? Maybe it's just <laughs> correlation, not causation. Maybe that had nothing to do with it. Uh, absolutely everything to do with it. I, I feel the same. I feel the oh, same. Oh, bro, like, no, no, no. <laughs> just, just listen to this. Like, you, you, you're going to tell this guy that you're all in on building a team around him, and then you waste a, a fourth of your, of your cash base on a guy that is a role player at best. Like, he's, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But is he worth 35 mil a year? And no. he's also always hurt. <laughs> and he's also always hurt. So yeah. what you're showing him is that nothing's going to change and that you're not trying to improve at all. So why, why would he stay? He's like, bro, let me, let me put this request in. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Like you showed, you showed me, you had your chance to show me that you were going to do something that you didn't. So I'm out. Yeah. I don't blame him. Um, yeah. The, the timing I think is not, it is not an accident. So I, I would love to know what happened with that, but we, I think we can only guess at this point. Um, so, Dion, who who lands Dame? That's, Celtics that's have question. been rumored. Um, obviously, Everybody the Heat was his preferred destination. Knicks are in play, I believe. 
Um, there's been a couple other teams floating out there. So who, who do you think actually Clippers have um, been a name out there? Who do you think actually lands name? So I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think Miami is going to land him because they traded away two of their biggest pieces. They, they didn't trade him away. They didn't resign two of the biggest pieces that could have been part of this trade in game Vincent and Max Drews. Um, I honestly, I'm just speculating right now. Um, two teams that I would potentially see him going to are the Bucks or the Knicks. I, it, uh, like, I'm going to stop you right there. The Knicks what? have been linked to every single star on the market for the last five years I'll, and I'll have landed throw... exactly zero of them. So I'm going to stop fair. you right there. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so I probably probably just the Bucks. Honestly, uh, I think the Bucks have been very, very, very quiet this off off season and just traded away or not resigned two of two key elements in uh in their team, and they resigned Chris Middleton for seven less millions. So that but they they could potentially make the move for him. It was rumored in the past as well. Uh, I would like for that to happen. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I'm just, this is just me. Uh, it's probably wishful thinking, honestly. Uh, but I think the Bucks would be a good fit. Yeah, I, it's kind of boring, but I do think the Heat find a way to get it done. The Heat are oh, gonna play the yeah, long that's game fair. Now. That's fair. Yeah, the Heat are they gonna play the trade away Tyler, Tyler Hero though. I think. Yeah, and and I think they're okay with that. Yeah. Um. I would be okay with that. Like Tyler Hero is a good player, but yeah, you know, Two. who would you rather have, Dame or Tyler Hero? Come on, exactly. Um, but the Heat are going to play the long game. They have Dame on their side, and so, um, honestly, think the Celtics could by far give them the best deal. But I don't know if Dame wants to play in Boston, and such a such a huge move for a team that is removed from making the finals and making the Eastern almost winning the Eastern conference finals last year seems pretty drastic. And so I don't know if I'm even in favor of the Celtics getting him depends on what we would have to give up, but I don't think Dan wants to play in Boston. So I think the Celtics are kind of out on that. Um, So I I think Miami finds a way to get it done. BJ, who do do you think lands Damian Lillard if he's on the move? Um, I think it's honestly between two teams. Um, I think it's between Philly and Miami, honestly. Um, I think Philly has more to offer, probably, in a trade package. I mean, Tyrese Maxey would probably have to be included or something like that, or he do a, a sign and trade with James. But um, I don't know if Miami can do the deal straight up. I feel like they have to get a third team involved, probably. One that has a center, because I feel like Portland already has enough guards, so you might want to find, can you get – and Indiana involved and get Miles Turner involved or something like that. But I, I definitely think um, he's going to either Philly or Miami. But yeah, I like the Philly, actually. Him and him and Embiid would be pretty – They would go perfectly. Nice. They would go perfectly. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. that would be kind of a scary – I didn't even deal. think of that one, actually. That would be so nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him to come to the East, but I think he's – I think, I, think that's I, I, I think it's pretty much East. I, I, I don't think. I think the only team in the West who really has a shot is the Clippers. Steve Steve Ballmer does not play around. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Clippers have to offer, really, though. 
Yeah, they don't have a ton. Because I don't think they want to give up their stars. Yeah, they're not going to give up Kawhi or Paul George. They'll probably give up Russ and then Norman Powell and Trey uh, Mann, maybe. Trey Mann. Yeah. Zubak probably have to be Zubak in Zubak have to be in that. Yeah. That's not they don't that have great big package, so. though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think they're going to get a great package in return, honestly. Yeah. Um, Unless they go for a team of... that has a million picks. But speaking of Philly and point guards demanding trades, hmm. James Harden. What is this, the fourth time now? Yeah. I literally think, yeah, fourth. Wait, no, um, third. Third time he's demanded a trade. Oh, wait, did he re- did he demand a trade from OKC back in the day? He got traded. I don't think he demanded it. Okay. That we know of. Three for sure. Three maybe for sure. Four. <laughs> Three confirmed <laughs> demands, potentially four. Um, James Harden has demanded a trade once again. Um, reaction to James Harden demanding a trade, BJ. I mean, at this point, it's it's like the annual thing. It's like you go and mark your calendar. Soon as he flames out in the postseason, he's gonna <laughs> run to the front office. Like it happens yeah. every year. I think it's the third trade request in three seasons. He wanted out of Houston. And then when he when he doesn't get his way, he he pouts. So then he showed up to Houston out of shape. He pretended like his hamstring hurt in Brooklyn, and now he's like just opting out in Philly or opting in in Philly so they trade him. Um, I don't know, because Philly feels like his best chance to win. I don't know where else he goes and has an impact like this. Because clearly, like he wants to blame Doc Rivers and the offensive system for why he can't bomb. Like that's not it. You just not who you used to be, and you don't take the game seriously enough. So don't blame them. But I think he overplayed his hand trying to leak the rumors about going back to Houston. And Philly was like, "Okay, see if you can get a deal," because we're not giving you that. And now he's like stuck because nobody wanted him. So yeah, he might as well just come back to Philly and stop being a diva. Yeah, this dude is an absolute bozo, man. Like we we've given Kevin Durant a hard time, and I mean, I think to an extent, rightfully so, for like all the players he's played with, not been able to get it done. At least KD's been close. He's been real close. James Harden has played with Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Prime Russell Westbrook, Prime Chris Paul, and where is he gone? The Western Conference Championship one time, and got kind of close to beating the Warriors. Like, this guy is a bozo. The fact that he continues to just demand trades the second things get hard after he doesn't perform well in the postseason is just insane to me. Like, you want to blame Doc Rivers? That's fine. He's not there anymore. Joel Embiid went to the podium and defended you after you played, like, shit against the Celtics and cost them that series, and he still defended you. Like, why Why are you demanding a trade? What has Philly done to you? Like, isn't Daryl Morey your guy? Like, I don't get it. This guy's a clown. Like, dude demands a trade every 1.5 seasons as of late. Like, I think that the strip clubs didn't hold up to his expectations in the cities that he went to. Must be like, it's kind of cold. Like, we got to get out of here. (laughs) Might need to go to Atlanta, honestly. You talk about a guy killing his own legacy. Like we're seeing it before our very eyes. In, Destroying it. In Destroying yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What an what an absolute clown. Like him and Kyrie Irving are both just like destroying their own legacies. They just can't get out of their own way. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it, man. I don't. Um, Dion, do you think the Sixers deal him? And if so, where where do you think he ends up? I honestly have no clue where he would end up. I don't think there's anything that will want him. Uh, maybe he's going to be in the Dame trade. Who knows? Honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea. I think I do think they should trade him though, because he's everywhere he's been has been a toxic uh, environment because of him. So I don't think it's good for him to stay there. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't think there's much of a market for him, and I don't think there should be. Like, who needs the aggravation, right? Like, yeah, he's was probably the best passer in the NBA last year, but who wants the aggravation? Mm-hmm. Like. Look at what happened to the Sixers. They gave up a ton of assets for him, and he's just leaving just like that. Look at same with the Nets. Like, you you got to be insane to trust him. Not that he can't play, but to put any trust in him, like to put, invest in him, I think is insane. Like, he'll, he'll stab you at the back at the first opportunity. The second things go bad, I'm out of here. Like, maybe Houston wants me back now. Like, no, who, who needs the aggravation? Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's much of a market for him, but I think Daryl Morey's pretty petty, and so I think he will deal him. Um, yeah. I have I have no idea where. Like, it's going to be somewhere. Maybe Chicago. Here. Yeah, Chicago. Maybe like, but if Dame thinks he's gonna, or if Harden thinks he's gonna land in a better situation, I think he's kidding himself. Um, hopefully, the Sixers protected themselves, and they he doesn't have a no trade clause. That would be a disaster. Um, BJ, do you think they deal him? If so, where do you think he ends up? Um, I don't think they do, just for the simple fact like they don't have to. They could yeah. say, hey, come back on a one-year deal, prove it, and we'll give you the contract you want. But like, there's no market out there for you, so no teams are really calling about you. So we kind of have the leverage in the situation. Um, but if I'm Philly, too, I'm like, you need to go talk to Dame because the only way you'll get traded is if we can get Dame back for you. If you can figure it out with Dame, you convince him to come here versus Miami or want to come here. Otherwise, like you'll be here another season. Like you didn't really do anything for us to like grant you a, your wish for a trade. So they don't have to do anything. He should be anything. He should be helping them figure it out, if anything. Thanks. Yeah, I'm with you. But I mean, this is ridiculous. It's It's like such a meme that he's once again demanded a trade uh, absolutely yeah. insane you know the old guys call this generation soft exactly it's a trade every year yeah. yeah all right before we wrap up replacing the out of bounds for now i know we enjoyed the out of bounds but we've covered a lot of topics and out of bounds and so we thought it would be fun for at least the off season maybe longer to do an nba trivia question at the end of um, every episode. And so we're going to alternate who comes up with a trivia question and we're going to see who knows ball. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm fully unprepared for this, but let's get it. <laughs> I mean, we just heard Dion admit he doesn't know ball. So just saying. Any, <laughs> anyway. If, if I get him right, though, it just shows. It just shows. This is VJ's idea. Uh, VJ gets to go first and has provided a trivia question for us. All right. I got I guess we'll also see who who of the listeners knows ball because they, they can do it too. But mm-hmm. all right, VJ, talk to me. 
All right. Stump me. Guys, <laughs> who has the only recorded triple double in All Star game history? Ooh, Coming, out Coming out hot. Coming out hot. I want to say. I think it's between two. I'm debating right now. I mean, my mind immediately goes to Russ, but that feels like it's too obvious. Yeah. It is too obvious. I was thinking Giannis, maybe. Mm. Giannis? Giannis is a good guess. This is tough. This is tough. This is tough. You get two guesses. Two guesses? Okay. Oh, we're just spitballing here. Okay, it's okay. I won't count those against you then. Um, yeah, I know Westbrook's too obvious. Um, oh, man, that's shit. tough. Why well, can't I think of anybody right now? Is you okay. know ball if you get this, you know ball. <laughs> I don't know the All Star game like that. Is it? No, because it's not. It's not James Harden. It's not Jokic. It's not Embiid. How recent is this? Uh, probably last decade. Last decade? Mm-hmm. So back when the All-Star game was kind of competitive, kind of good. Yeah. I'll give you a hint. Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference? Oh, you threw me for a loop. Ah, shit. Eastern Conference. But who was good in the last decade in the Eastern Conference? Celtics, but nobody from the Celtics was a triple-double threat. I'm going to say, okay, can I use my first guess? Mm-hmm. Giannis. It is not the Greek freak. Fuck. Okay. Um, from the east. From the east. <laughs> is it? Is it D Wade? It is D Wade. Is it D oh, Wade? Shit. Are you serious? D Wade. <laughs> <It's shit. laughs> not even gonna take credit I- for that. That was a total guess. I would have uh, never guessed. I would have. I all. I just remember either. like D Wade like spoon feeding LeBron one All Star game, and that's what like made me think of it. Like yeah, no, they, that's were, fair. That's they were fair. like they were trying to get like highlight after highlight. No, that's fair. Fuck, well, that, that's a good one. That's a good I one. I know that was a fun one. Yeah. yeah, that's that. That's that's a sick. That's a sick trivia question. I love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. Did you? You guys at home, did you – I had like – I was trying to think of my guess past that. Like, I did not think that was going to be it. I didn't say Eastern Conference. I don't know if you guys would have got it. I would have never not. gotten that. Honestly, like, even if you would have told me, like, the division, bro, I would have never forgotten that. But the, the hint was very necessary. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, that yeah. did make me think of, like, all those highlights on the East team with LeBron and D-Wade. No look at you. You guys at home, did you get it right? No shot. Don't lie. You didn't know. <laughs> Actually, I, I'll tell you right now. I bet um, Karsten or um, Kendrick got that right. The the Heat stands. I, oh I yeah, Heat culture, baby. Heat yeah, culture. I, I bet the Heat stands <laughs> got that right. But um, but if you guys are listening to this, just know that we appreciate you. We do. Um, take a minute to follow us on social media at the Dot Dagger Podcast. Next week we'll have more free agency buzz to talk about like we said there's some big names out there that are available so we'll have some more big moves to talk about so we're looking forward to that hit us up on social media with your reactions to the draft reactions to free agency 
join the discord if you want to join in on the conversation you know the discord's kind of lit i'm having a good time with that yeah. oh yeah but we, we will catch you guys next time thanks for listening Peace. i have the trivia question for next time bro I, ha- I have a i have a spicy one for next time love oh, it shit. Mm-hmm.